Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. Then you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. Welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight, we have the first of our division previews. We're going to be starting in the Southwest Division featuring the Houston. How the hell can two players on the same team have a 100% usage rate? How is this possible? Rockets. The Memphis, Iggy has to buy drinks for all the underage players. Grizzlies, the San Antonio, <laughs> Fighting Derek White Spurs. New Orleans, who's on our team again? Pelicans. And finally, the Dallas. This bad boy can fit so many unathletic white superstars in it. Mavericks. Josh, the Vanilla Gorilla here with Kyle Beats. What's up, man? Oh, man. I was not prepared for that. I'm glad I don't listen to your intros, dude. That was great. How you been? I try to drop them on, I try to drop them on you early, but one of these days I'm going to say something that Justin doesn't like, a, like something that a producer wouldn't like, and I'll get in trouble for it. So I try to keep it easy. Oh, for sure. That's just everything in our life, but how you been, man? Good, man. Uh, just... Starting back up with some school. I'm going back for a secondary degree, so uh, working on that. Um, other than that, man, not a whole lot has been happening. Just ready for basketball season. Dude, I'm stoked. I'm stoked for this division. I think the Southwest division that we're looking at tonight is arguably the most intriguing for next season. I mean, yeah. You got a lot of storylines, right? Yeah, so you have – honestly, you have probably the two heaviest talented young teams in the league between – I'm going to say Memphis with Jaw and John Triple J and then the Pelicans with honestly, I don't think we've seen what Lonzo can do. I don't think we've seen what Brandon Ingram can do. And then, and then obviously uh, Zahn coming in. So those two teams, even though they're going to have low win rates and we'll talk about that more moving forward, they're going to be exciting because you're going to see the future of the NBA. I really truly believe that Triple J is a future, uh, future multi multi multi-year all-star. I do too. I think the most important thing to for him to elevate his game to that level is to add the outside jump shot. You know, if he can start shooting, you know, 18 footers or even start hitting threes at a at a good rate, I, I think he's a multiple all-star for sure. And I think we both felt like that for him coming into the league. Uh, you know, Ja is gonna be an interesting project. I say that because he's what, six three, like one sixty-five, give or take. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's uh... boy's light, right? <laughs> He's Russell Westbrook in, um, and he's not very, yeah, he's a Russell Westbrook and I'm not very well nourished body, but he's extremely athletic. He's a, he's a pretty good outside shooter from the games I saw. I mean, I'm not going to act like I watched a bunch of, uh, was it Murray state that he was at? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I only caught a few Murray state games, mostly sports center clips, but you know, he had some athletic plays on defense that were exciting against whatever conference that is like maybe the Ohio Valley conference or something like that. But I'll be interested to see how his defense is going to translate at this level, at that size. Yeah, well, I mean, he also carried them to a pretty big upset. I think they were a 12 seed and they beat a 5 seed in the, in the NCAA. So, like, he he has competition. Um, and, or he he's competed. And he's honestly really, really good. Uh, so, so let's, let's just start off with uh, – I won't expound on the really, really good yet. We'll just start off with uh, the fact that Vegas has – so what we're going to do is we're going to compare – the teams to what Vegas's win total at 
from their win total, we're going to deduce where the team's at in the, in their the lottery or the playoffs if they make the playoffs. And then we'll talk about whether we believe that they can outpace that or what they can do once they get there, if they are going to be in the playoffs, right? So, yep. for instance, Memphis, Vegas has the over-under at 25.5. Um, that's the third worst in the league and third best chance at uh, – um at a number one number one pick so what's your over under on memphis so i feel weird going under this but i feel like i have to 25 and a half is a low number that is a very low number well they won what 24 games 25 games last year yeah so my argument to that would be they know with triple j and what we think jaw is going to be that they have a pretty good young nucleus here they have a good young core they don't you know conley's not on their books Soul's not on their books, so they don't have these huge contracts that they're eating at their salary uh, salary cap. I think if they get another top three pick, specifically a number one pick in this next draft, that's going to put them into a place where, okay, now we have our three guys because you need three stars now, right, basically. And you know you can be competing in a few years. Yeah. So, yeah, really the only only real playtime vet that they have on the team is Iggy. And are they going to wave and stretch them? Yeah, yeah. Do you think they'll trade him, wave and stretch? Um, he's on a three-year, so that would go up to a five-year, I believe, $48 million. I, I can't imagine giving away an Iguodala, who's still a trade asset, um, on a wave and stretch. But you can go out and trade him for something and just pick up maybe even a draft pick, um, even if it's a couple second-rounders or something like that. I don't think that you're going to get a high first-rounder for him. You might get a late first-rounder from a competitor. Right. And, I mean, you, you understand my – train of thought there though right is that yeah i mean is this team capable of winning 26 games probably but the reason i'm going under is because i think if they're you know 20 and 45 towards the end of the year they're just going to start tanking games yeah so here's here's the deal with with memphis and here's my concern in regards to how they'll be put together really they don't have any type of scoring that can create scoring right they're going to have to rely on some sort of offense that's going to create scoring or getting out in transition because dude jaw is probably whenever you see freaks coming into the league um especially from the point guard position you generally see them able to do straight line drives if you look at russell westbrook he was a straight line driver coming into into the league he didn't really have the ability to create in the half court right so those are the freaks that generally are jumping out of the gym and are crazy fast they're just straight line drive guys jaw can create on isos in the half court um because he has wiggle to him and he has really good left to right motion and he has good stop and start hesitations but the issue that he's going to run into in the bigs is he has no floater throughout his entire college career which was two years he's not a one and done he only made 12 floaters. Actually, excuse me. He only made 14 floaters, man. You can't, at his size, like, you can't not have a floater. Russell Westbrook doesn't really have much of a floater, but the reason for that is because he yeah. weighs 215. Yeah, and yeah. he can go in there and yam on some bigs. But Jaw doesn't weigh that, right? So he might be as fast as Russ, and he might be as um, as quick off the – as explosive as Russ, if he is. But he's not – he's not – he doesn't weigh 215 pounds. He – weighs 30 pounds less so going into the body of a big is going to be a lot bigger of a toll on him so i say all that to say like jaw's really going to be the person that creates offense for them but he's not great defensively he has he's shown that he has potential on defense but he tends to fall asleep off the ball he tends to gamble a lot he tends to stand straight up when he's off the ball and not even getting his defensive position um right. you so can't do that in the NBA. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially when you're as slight as him. You have to be down and be a ball hawk like Patrick Beverly if you want to be good defensively. Um, but on the other side, the other player that's going to be impressive for the or that's going to be big for them is Triple J. He doesn't isn't going to have the offensive ability that Jaw has, but he has just great, great, great defensive potential. But at the end of the day, he's still young and young players when it whenever they have even if they're like a great defender already, they don't have the mindset of, okay, I need to be watching for this role. I need to be in this position fast just because they don't have that time to develop that IQ. Right. So correct. You have one player that's probably going to be an, an offensive cannon. And then you have another player who's going to be a defensive cannon, which makes the entire team decent in one area and decent in another. And you can't be, you can't win a lot of games if you're not good to great in at least one area. Right. You can outscore teams, you can out defense teams, but you can't not do either. Of them. So therefore, that's why their numbers so low. And I'm actually I'm going to go a little bit above. I'm going to take them about 27, but I'm still going to have them finishing in about the same place, third or fourth or fifth. Yeah, because they're going to give them. They're not shot. breaking 30. Yeah, they're not breaking 30. Right. I, I just I really believe that with John Triple J, you're one, you know, young superstar away from really building through the draft and doing it, doing it the right way, or not necessarily the right way, the easier way. What do you see Jaws ceiling as? Jaws? Um, he's, so he, here's what he looks like to me. He looks like a better passing Kyrie Irving whenever he first came into the league. Um, maybe not as good as shooting and maybe not as creative in the 10 foot range because Kyrie had a killer floater whenever he first came into the league. Yeah, that was he just was, does, I mean, he does stuff that just amazes me when he's like six feet from the rim and he's six two and he's just basically just moving his feet yeah. and his shoulders and arms a lot and guys have no clue what's going on. And then he gets an open look. Yeah. To be honest with you, he's it's between him and Luka Doncic for the most crafty person in the league. Yeah. Um, and I would say he's the best below rim finisher, him and Steph. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, Jaw reminds me of him as far as his handles go. They're not as good in that like Jaw's handles look like he can make one or two quick moves and then be gone, be past somebody. Kyrie can make four or five quick moves. So if he if his first few handles don't work, he can make more and just keep it going. That's that's rare, right? Like not even like he's the only one in the league that can do that. Steph has one or two quick moves, maybe three, and then he's taking a shot. And a but, quick release, right? Yeah, and a quick release, right? So Jaw doesn't have that. He has athleticism make up for that. He has a lot of potential, and he showed an improving shot. That's really why he became more efficient and a better scorer this last year because he was able to knock down a lot of threes. Um, ultimately, his ceiling, dude, I do believe that he could be an all-star if he works really hard. Um, not just an all-star, but a perennial all-star. Um, Triple J is darn near a lock for a perennial all-star. I think so. Um, so Triple J is, is a more sure thing. And even yes. coming into the even that's that obviously it's easier to say that after seeing him a year in the league, but even coming in, he was way more of a sure thing than Jaw was. And Absolutely. Was, yeah. So um because of his defensive prowess and Jaw's a little undersized um weight and wise. But J Triple J would have been the number two pick this year if he came out this year over Jaw. It's just that last year's draft oh, was so sure. deep he went fourth. Yeah. And that was the first time since like the fifties that uh or actually it might've been the eighties that all five players, the first five taken were all in or all rookie first team. So yeah. Um, everybody just hit on those. Um, and it's hard to say like 
he gets forgotten about because Luca was so spectacular. Trey Young was so spectacular. DeAndre Ayton had quietly had one of the most efficient and best rookie seasons of all, all time. Yeah. So, um, and then Marvin Bagley was amazing too. Um, but he gets slept on a lot. If you're not watching him play and not watching what he can do defensively, especially, he can switch. Like he he plays the four, but that dude can switch all the way up to the one, and he's freaking yes. fast and he recovers. Yeah. yeah, he might have honestly. He might have. He for sure does for last year. He had the best defensive mind in the entire draft class for last year. But he might have one of the best defensive minds I've ever seen out of a rookie. Yeah, he makes multiple, multiple rotations. That's true, but he is he does get banged around a little bit on the lower block just because he hasn't fully filled out that frame like DeAndre Ayton has. But I think yeah. he could do that. Just you know, he's a twenty year old kid. I think that draft class is going to be up there for sure with like the the eighty was eighty four. Uh, the 96 draft class. 2003, right. yeah. It's going to be. 83 had uh, Jordan Barkley and um, – I don't know why I'm blanking on that. Jordan Barkley. Another Hall of Famer, yep. And then 96, you had like Kobe, Duncan, Nash, and then 03 with like LeBron, Wade, Melo, Bosh. That draft's yeah. going to end up being up there. I can almost guarantee it. Don't forget about Kirk Heinrich in 03. So. Oh, hey, sneaky good Don't player, you- dude. Put, put some respect on him. Um, a lot of Eastern Conference Finals, but yeah, dude, I, I agree that this is this is the this is the 2003 of the 2010s. It yes. was last year's draft class. Um, but uh, honestly, a, a big standout player that I could see coming out and playing better for them would be Dylan Brooks. Um, he's a heck of a three point shooter, and I yep. see him taking a leap leap as well. Kid from Oregon, he gets and when he gets hot, like in college, he you I know you watch a lot of Pac twelve basketball as an Arizona fan. Yeah. That kid when he gets hot and hot, he can go off. Like he's a streaky shooter. He torched my Wildcats a couple times, dude. Um, they picked up Valanciunas and Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones had the best assist to turnover ratio in the league last year. Yeah, I, I like Tyus Jones. He's a good backup point guard. I was going to ask you who else excites you on this roster. I, I wrote that I like Dylan Brooks, and um, you know, I'll be interested to see what Iggy can do on this roster if he stays. I just don't think he's going to stay. And then yeah. Jay, Jay Crowder is another solid pickup to me. He's just a really good like sixth, seventh, eighth guy. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, obviously, this team's this team ha- is the future, and I really like. Dylan Brooks, and I think he's going to be very uh, important for the nucleus. Yeah, I think, and I think people are sleeping a little bit on Memphis, and you know what they're what they're doing and what they're putting together. I think Memphis is actually building one of the better young teams. Like they're doing better, jo- they're doing a better job than the uh, Suns have to set up their roster. They're doing it better than the Timberwolves too, apparently. <laughs> I keep I keep thinking the Timberwolves uh, are going to turn into something good, but it is it has never happened. Um, last person on this team, and then we'll probably move on here. Um, there's was some big news that came out today about a person that was traded on this team. Uh, can you name that person and tell of our tell our listeners about it? So apparently, Dwight Howard is going to be going to the Los Angeles Lakers for a second uh, second time. And it's on a non-guaranteed contract, which that's definitely a good idea for the Lakers to, to pursue the relationship that way. I get it from a basketball standpoint of what they're trying to accomplish by bringing Dwight in to replace Boogie. And quite frankly, and unfortunately, they're probably not that different of players at this point in time. Uh, Dwight's feet aren't great at this, at, you know, at this age. He can't really move on the pick and roll that much, but neither can Boogie. And that dude's lower body is deteriorating. So... 
it's a need. You don't want to roll JaVale McGee as your only true five. You want to satisfy Anthony Davis and have the four there, but it just has bullshit written all over it. And I'm sure Justin will be joining us in the next, you know, few episodes and he's going to have a heyday with this relationship because he does not like Dwight Howard or the Lakers. And for, for good reason, I mean, that relationship ended so piss poorly the first time. I don't know how this is going to work any better when you have LeBron, AD, Vogel, and these crazy expectations. It's just, it's adding to the circus, quite frankly, but it's necessary. Yeah. I, I, maybe he's more mature and older. I don't know. Maybe he's gotten a taste of what losing was like. Cause really, if you remember, he came straight from a good Orlando team. He car- he took him to the finals, you know, maybe he's gotten a taste of what losing's like, and he's going to come back and ha- have some hunger, but, um, we haven't really seen that from Dwight Howard recently, so we'll see. Um, I messaged you guys today, and Justin gave me a four-day over-under on uh, how long it would take before Dwight Howard gets shoved into a locker by Kobe. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kobe's uh, just going to like, fly in from Japan while he's doing like an animation children's book tour just to, do, just to give Dwight Howard a, a swirly. But I, uh, I really do think that it's going to create unnecessary – distractions but we'll, we'll see how it works out uh, yeah. as far as the southwest division though man i want to move on to a team i think you're really excited for i'm pretty excited for and it's odd that you're more excited for a team of a player you i would say are sleeping on in zion williams and the new orleans pelicans i would say that everybody's crazy except for me but uh no i i honestly i want to make myself clear in that I think Zion will be a good player. I think he has a chance of being a perennial all-star, but what has happened is we've elevated him to the point of this dude has more hype than Anthony Davis did coming in. He has more hype than Kevin Durant did coming in. He has more hype than Kevin Durant was drafted number two. Like, you know, like he has more hype than I feel like everybody since LeBron, they've said, people have said to his face, how does it feel to be the most hyped player since LeBron James? First off, I would have taken Blake Griffin over him. I would have taken KD over him. I would have taken Greg Oden over him. Like you can name off 10 different players that I would have taken over this guy. And I feel like he was hyped because of his monstrous dunks and because he's going to put people in seats because of those. So I think he's going to be great, but he might be, we're putting too high of a ceiling on this guy and he's going to, he's not going to live up to it. He's probably history would tell us he's probably not going to be Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis. He's just not going to be KD or AD. It's just not realistic. I mean, there's probably maybe a 5% chance that happens, but if he can, like I've said to you multiple times, have a close to double, double, like 20 and nine or 21 and 10, something like that career average and play good defense for eight to 10 years. Like that's a good career. And that deserves a first overall pick. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree with that is set too high at this point as high as i am on him he, he he's not going to be a he's probably not going to be kd or ad he may never win an mvp but i do think he could his ceiling could settle in that like 25 and 12 i think he could have a few 25 and 12 seasons and compete to lead the league in blocks which i, I could I think, go ahead i'm sorry i was gonna say i don't think you agree with that though no a 25 and 12 you said yeah yeah, it's a little high for me. I would say 20 and 12 would be would be a good realistic um, one. A 20 and 10 would be good and realistic. Like Anthony Davis last year was 26 and 12. You know, so it's like, sure. it's like, I, I think Anthony Davis had a thousand times the potential that 
that Zion did whenever he was coming into the league, but he was skinnier and he didn't look like this 300 pound monster yeah. that we had but never he's seen built before. for the sport. He, Anthony yeah. Davis is built for basketball. Zion's built for athletics in general. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe like real wrestling. I don't know. <laughs> like he's built for um, death combat. Like yeah. if we have to, if we have to do like functional fitness, like I'm if I'm in a zombie apocalypse, I'm definitely drafting Zion over AD. <laughs> right, he's gonna leave you. He's gonna hop on a private jet midway through. He's like, uh, I'm done here. AD kind of looks like a zombie though, if we're gonna be honest. <laughs> um, you might get a confused and accidentally shoot him. But man, I I I actually like Zion, and he has one of the best motors I've ever seen coming out of college basketball. Maybe the best motor come out I've ever seen coming out of college basketball. He wants to – he works harder on defense than just about anybody I've ever seen coming out of college basketball. Um, he still has defensive flaws. He still tends to stand upright and swipe at balls, and he gets out of position because he's trying to go for steals. That's a lot. true. But, but, um, but that's, that's, that's youth, dude. That's youth, and that's just not understanding the game 100%. Correctly. Right. I was going to say, what guys don't have that coming into the league? And yeah, at the exactly. NBA defense is about athleticism and effort, and he has both of them. He's just got to get NBA coaches getting him in good habits. Yeah, exactly. So you're exactly right in that. I would rather have a player that comes out and is getting out of position because they're trying so hard than one like John Morant, who's who's just standing there swiping at balls as they would run by, you know? Right. Agreed. So, um, but ultimately, I, I let me ask you this. If he never wins an MVP, will he have been overhyped? Yes, I think so. Yeah, not, and I don't think he I don't think he'll ever win an MVP. Pick, but the hype that he got would be a little too much for me because LeBron got an MVP clearly. KD did. AD. AD hasn't he, yet, but he's going to. He will. He might win it this year. Uh, he and he's been MB, you know, MVP caliber. I don't yeah. know if if Zion's going to get there, but I I just think he's a lock. Like you sent me that list of. And I think that's players hating on Zion, but you sent me the list of rookies drafted this year who they think is going to be the, you know, all in or the uh, rookie of the year. RJ Barrett led the lead list, which I'm fine with. I have no, it, was, it wasn't RJ Barrett, it was Cam Reddish. Oh, it was Cam Reddish. That yeah, was, was why a, I sent it. It was because, like, that was crazy. Yeah, man. People don't, Zion was like ninth on that list. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Zion in a good situation to be rookie of the year. Oh, you know what it was? It was actually uh, which player will have the best career. I think Zion was was oh, first okay. on Rookie of the Year. Jaw was second, and then it was wow, RJ. More interesting. I'd have to think about that. That that yeah. shocks me too, though. Like Cam Reddish because he's D and three, and that's where the league's going. Like, and he's you know obviously much slimmer and fit than Zion. I think he's gonna have a longer career, maybe. Yeah, dude. And honestly, I don't necessarily believe that Cam tried in college. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you can see it. You can see it in the body language and the way he would disappear. At times, yeah. I think he's lots to offer though. And they say he was—he's a workout, uh, a workout player. They said like they say that the, these NBA scouts had to work really hard to not just fall in love with him during his workouts because they're sitting there looking at him, going, "This guy's the best player in the draft during these right. workouts." And then they go and watch film and go, "This guy sucks," you yeah. know. <laughs> so uh, it's—I think he's a workout player, which could be—he could have not been trying in college. Which, to be honest with you, dude. That guy's been the best player on his team since he was five years old. And now he, he has the third best player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now he has two players that are one of them, Zion, had the best PER in NCAA history. And then the other guy could score at will. You know, like how much I don't know if I would take a hit in regards to that and my maturity and my and who I was. 
that could have, he could have been real dealing with some real identity issues, which affects people, you know? Yeah. And I mean, not only was he the best player on his, you know, AAU teams and his, unless his AAU team was Zion's, it could have fucking, it could have been nowadays, but he's been the best player on his, not only his high school team, but he was probably the best player in the state of Pennsylvania when he graduated. He was probably Mr. Basketball in Pennsylvania. So it's like, yeah. yeah, and then he goes to a school and he's the third option. Like, that's going to mess with a 17 to 18 year old kid's psyche. He's not a 22 year old guy. He's not, you know, he hasn't played all four years in college. So, once he develops that maturity and if he goes to a situation, which I think he did, and he's in Atlanta, correct? I think, uh, yes. So, uh, I think, he's in, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I think that's a perfect situation. Yeah. He was, he was uh, named Mr. Pennsylvania in basketball. Um, let me see. I'm pretty positive if I remember correctly. He was the Gatorade player of the year in high school. Um, or that might've been RJ, but yeah. McDonald's like, All-American, I'm sure, but it's, it's just crazy to me. Yeah. He was a McDonald's All-American. Let's look at his accolades. Mr. Pennsylvania basketball, uh, McDonald's All-American, Jordan brand classic Nike hoop summit, all-star game, five-star rated recruit and considered one of the best of 2018. Um, second best player in the 2018 draft class behind RJ. So like this guy, yeah. Um, it's it's all impressive stuff. And I think he's going to have a good career. So I get where the other rookies are coming from. But to say he's going to have a better career than Zion or RJ is a little – RJ has a bad situation in New York. But I still think that's kind of crazy to me. I think that's players think, hate on Zion. But they may think he's going to get injured. And I, I just don't see it playing out that way. Dude, he's pretty heavy, man. Um, like he's, he's going to have to like drop. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have to drop 25 pounds because like. But dude, 6'6", 260. PJ Tucker's 6'6", 240. And look how jacked he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the heck you weigh 285 and can leap like he can, which like it begs the question, is he going to have a six inch vertical increase if he drops 20 pounds? <laughs> you know? saying, so, uh, he could, he could be a freak, but ultimately he has a pretty big hitch in his shot. Um, he doesn't really have – he's not great at anything except for athleticism and defense, and that's because of his effort. That's so, not true. His vision and passing is underrated. I, 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 you, that's to be determined at the NBA level. It's, it is underrated, but I don't think that it's great. I, I would – it's not as – it's not the best in the class. Um, but it's better, it's better than your average, you know, three, four, tweener kind of – or power four, st- traditional power forward. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, I would, especially coming out of college. Yeah. And we've um, hit on this – or though his his shot it's not like like when you watch Giannis shoot it's like okay like not the greatest shot but there's a little bit of form there there's something to work with he looks relatively natural like Zion looks uncomfortable shooting like he's too jacked he, he never had yeah he never had to shoot before that as a matter of fact the fact that he shot what he did which was like 31 percent from the three-point line in college was a big big surprise to everybody so um yeah and ultimately he he releases the ball and it comes off the outside of his outside of his hand a lot, which is really bad. Like that's something that takes a lot, a lot of work to to change. So uh, the release is forward, and he misses um, a lot of free throws because of it. Matter of fact, I think he shot sixty one percent from the free throw line, um, which is not as good as his three point average. Um, but it he doesn't have any type of pull up game. He went two for twelve on pull up jumpers in his year in, in college basketball. But, so, this is, but you're the man that's supporting Ben Simmons who can't won't take a jump shot. But he has the elite passing. I understand that. But we'll see. If Zion yeah. could become like three-fourths the passer Ben Simmons is, then, you know, he can make up for a lot of those flaws that you're pointing out. 
Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I agree. And and the other thing is Ben Simmons is 6'10 and plays the one. So that's like it's it's different. But I do think here's what I think. I think that Lonzo is gonna make uh make Zion the rookie of the year. Agreed. I was about to say, let's like look at other players on this team. It's hard not to focus on Zion, but you look at other players on this team, there's like six players I'm really excited about. Obviously. Drew Holiday, you and I are in agreement that he's one of the more underrated players and certainly Agreed. guards in the league. Uh, he's a two-way player. He can guard guys like KD at 6'4". It's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, Brandon Ingram, you know, hopefully the health situation works out. I'm still pretty high on him. Maybe he never makes an all-star team. Maybe he makes a couple, but he's still a guy that can average 20 points and be your third scorer in a playoff game, uh, in, in my opinion. The kid's still only 22. Yeah. And he brought in J.J. Redick, which I think is a really interesting sign. And I'll let you hit on all the what you thought on your thoughts are on these. I think it's a great veteran locker locker room leadership play. Great shooter, obviously. And then the more interesting ones to me is uh, the Jackson Hayes kid they drafted from Texas, who's kind of a, a rim runner, like a poor man's Willie Colley Stein kind of at this point. And then they mm-hmm. bring in Jaleel, who apparently Jaleel is in good shape now. So it's like, can Jaleel kind of resurrect his career? Will be interesting. Dude, if he can't, he was very talented. He was drafted third overall, I believe, if I remember correctly. Second. 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 Yeah. Second yep. overall. Um, extremely talented dude, but he just didn't ever have the work ethic to the off season work ethic specifically an off season work ethic. If you're not Shaq will really hurt you when you're a big, um, right. but yeah, dude, I honestly really think that this is the most interesting roster in the entire, the entire division for sure, because they're going to be, they're my league pass Cinderella story. Like, they're going to be the most fun to watch in the league pass. If you watch Lonzo Ball play like he did last year with LeBron, that dude is an elite passer. He is – he might be a top five passer in the NBA right now, dude. He passes yes. so well, and he's might be one of the greatest all-time uh, um, outlet passers as well. The dude just doesn't miss – he doesn't miss passes. You Look at all the passes that he threw to LeBron, and this is going to be fantastic for Zion, like he was talking about earlier, because Zion has to sit – if there's any sort of uh, get the ball out of the net, Zion just has to sit there or get a re- rebound, and Zion's not crashing the boards. He has to sit there, free throw line extended on the other side of the court, maybe in the far corner, and just run to the rim, and Zion's going to put it right on – or Lonzo's going to put it right on the money. It's a That's what I'm saying, dude. Zion's going to be able to average 20 points because of the players around him. Drew Holiday – even though I think he's more of a two guard than a point guard, he can create too. Uh, yeah. I like that they got Shea Gilgis Alexander's cousin and they had Derek Favors. Like, the more I look at it, they got Josh Hart in that deal too. Uh, I really like the way this roster is constructed. It definitely feels like a team that could win 31 games or like 45 games because yeah. they're going to be in a lot of games. Uh, but, uh, you know, looking at it here, you got to figure the starting lineup. You're going to roll out Lonzo. Three. Drew Holiday as your one and two. Yeah. Uh, your your three, four, you're probably gonna roll Ingram, assuming he's healthy with Zion, and then play, I guess, your your rookie, your other rookie, Jackson Hayes, or maybe throw Derek Favors in at the the five. A lot of it, in, it depends on Oka Four, you know, and how he yeah, how he comes healthy, up. I think he goes in there. Um, yeah. but I, I like that roster, I guess is the point I'm getting at. The West is so tough. That's a really young roster, but it's exciting. It's a it's a long, athletic, good defensive roster. Like I think Lonzo is a good defensive player. Drew He's Holiday's a fantastic defensive player. Good. Right. And, and I think you know Lonzo Ingram Ball is, is the sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say Ingram's long and 
Zion is a pretty solid defensive player, we believe. So they have a lot of upside there. Yeah. Lonzo is the best, the most switchable guard in the league, not named Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> so, it, it, like, he's a fantastic yeah, that defender. Is, that is true, though, because he's six, and, six. Yeah, he's six, six, and he's fast, and he has really active hands. Um, he has a really good defensive mindset, too. Um, he works really hard on the defensive end. He can get bullied a little bit if he gets in, put in the, if he switches and gets put in the post by a big guy because he's a little bit slight, but he's been working on that frame. Um, let me say something crazy. He is the best passing point guard that Alvin Gentry has had since Steve Nash. Alvin, Gen If you think that Alvin Gentry is not pumped about having Lonzo Ball on his team, you're wrong. Yeah, I didn't think about it. I guess he probably is, though. Yeah. yeah so, I have no problem. And I mean, I'm still buying uh, Lonzo stock. I know a lot of people are selling. I'm still buying. Yeah, he's not a he's not a good scorer. He's not even a league average scorer, honestly. He doesn't need to be though. He's a yeah. He's a great defender. What's wrong with having a Jason kid out there that wasn't Give a great scorer when he was young? Ten assists, three steals, and you know, locked down on the other end. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And that's I mean, Steve Nash won an MVP. He had a 50-40-90 season, but he won it on 17 and 13. Like, that guy wasn't a great scorer either, you know? He yeah, won two MVPs like that. He ran quarterback, man. I, I remember watching that. Remember Steve Nash would always, like, come up the court, and 50% of the time he would drive to the hoop, but there would be somebody a big crashing, so he couldn't get a layup. But he'd, like, go around him and literally go under the basket right at the baseline and then turn around and, like, do his little floater or hit a crazy pass. And it was just like, that's unstoppable. He started that under the basket and making that big chase you uh, all the way through the paint and right. clearing up. You clear up a dump for your big on the other side or possibly shooting a floater like you were talking about. Um, Lonzo can have that type of game. He's that good of a passer and he has that, that good of court vision too. Um, that, that's where I think he needs to add the flo little floater there, man. He's not, he's not going to shoot 38% from three in the NBA. He's just not going to. Yeah, yeah. Where do you where do you see them finishing win loss? Vegas has them at thirty nine, which I think that's a a good number. It's a little higher than I thought it would be. So I have I have Memphis is over, which means that I have to take the Pelicans as under because of the way that the points just, or the way that the wins work. Right, only one person can win. But I'm gonna I'm gonna shore up Memphis. I think Memphis is a little bit better than Vegas has them as, and I think that the Pelicans are a little bit worse. I think these two teams are closer together as far as talent goes. I agree with that. Um, I think they're closer in talent. I think that I think that Memphis is under because the fact that I believe they're going to tank. I'm sure. going to go under on the Pelicans as well. Okay. They, the, all these teams are going to play each other four times. So, you know, that you're right. Yeah. The wins loss do have to balance themselves out a little bit, but I'm under on both of those. I think the Pelicans are probably a 35 to 37 win team. Yeah, I've got them at 37. Of, yeah. They'll be in a ton of games, but they are going to, with that roster, you know, we went, we just went through that starting lineup. You could potentially have, you know, all guys that are under 25 aside from under 24 aside from Drew Holiday. So it's going to be a young team that'll make mistakes. Yeah. So let's move on to another super exciting, maybe the only, the only team on this list that to me gives Pelicans a run for their money is exciting. Uh, the Mavs, Vegas has them at 41. Talk to me about the Mavs. What do you take? What's your take there? Man. 40, by the way, Vegas at 41 is about the ninth seed. Okay. I think that's that's really about right. I think when we were doing our power rankings, I slid them at eight. There may be a little homer bias, but I have them, you know, in that 39 to 44 win range. I'm going to go 
I'll just say it now. It's 41-41, right? So it's an even 500 record. I'm going to go over. Whether okay. it's 42 and, and, and 40, uh, 40 or 43 and 39, I don't know. I don't see them winning more than 45 games on the upside, but KP appears to be in pretty good shape. We still need to see him play in NBA basketball games, but I trust Luca to make that jump. I've made that very clear, and I like the subtle moves we made in the offseason. We added Seth Curry on the outside, big three-point shooter. Uh, you know, we still have Tim Hardaway. We still have Courtney Lee. We still have J.J. Barea. Guys, you can bring off the bench to score. And I'm a big Dorian Finney-Smith guy. He came back for $4 million a year. I, I absolutely love that. Um, DeLon Wright is going to be a big sign as well. So there's just a lot of subtle moves here for the Mavs. And I think Luka's going to have an all-star season. As good as the Fords are in the league, because they're going to list him at Ford, I think he's going to have an all-star season and make that jump. Yeah. So that's why I have him over. I feel like you're probably going to go under. I know you got to balance some things, but it's a close. It's a good number. Yeah, I balanced the the previous two because I have no idea what I'm going to say by the end of uh, talking myself through this. <laughs> honestly, um, I think so. A couple things. I think that West or um, guy that came from uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be better in Dallas than he ever was in the Knicks because he doesn't have to score as much. So there's, you can be really efficient on a small sample size and be good at what you do, or they can say, okay, you're efficient in a small sample size. Let's increase your workload and have you required to score a lot more points. And then defenses start keying on you. Um, you start taking shots because you have this pressure to score more points and you become less and less efficient. And that happened to him in New York. He's going to be more efficient and, and better on the Mavericks than he ever was in New York. Um, no so I think he was the number one option there. He's like the number five option here. Yeah, exactly. Um, Luca is – I made up my mind. He's the craftiest player in the league um, over Kyrie. He wow. just – like, he has – I don't think I've ever seen a rookie that was so polished in the ability to make people jump at fakes, whether it's a pass fake or a shot fake. Um, jump it like – I watched a lot of Luca film, and there are times where he gets people with the step back – he'll step back and then knock his head up half an inch and the guy will jump and then he drives past him, Yep. you know, like, um, and he has, he can make any pass coming out of the pick and roll. I watched plays where he was hedged up by the big man, did a big man did a fantastic job at hedging him because Luca's not, not super quick and can't get around that, but he was hedged up to the half court line and then threw a laser in the Deandre Ayton's stomach and, or uh, Deandre Jordan, excuse me, stomach. And then Jordan, dunked it he can make the falling to the right hook pass over to the left corner falling to the left hook pass with the left hand over to the right corner he just has all these passes and now he has possibly the best pick and pop big in the league outside of anthony davis um i would agree with, with that with and he, al he also has yeah i think that that pick and pop is going to be insane and maybe roll if his if his knee's right and he can get get up there but yeah. He has like LeBron level, Ben Simmons level vision, and he's able to make those LeBron passes where he just launches it 44 feet across the court from the top, you know, or 30 feet from the basket on the right hand side, and just launch it to the left corner. He yeah. has the ability to make that play, which is very unique and hit guys pretty much in their pocket. And he's only yeah. going to get better at that because that's he's going to realize, oh, I just need to practice this. And he's going to do that a lot. He's that kind of guy. But his craftiness is like, Kyrie's a good one, but it's almost James Harden-esque to me, the way he has the step back and that kind of craftiness. So it's he's a less athletic version 
of Harden meets LeBron. And I think what's going to take him from he's almost certainly going to make four or five all-star teams at minimum, right? Like what's going to take him to that 10 to 12 all-star that, you know, MVP level, possibly top 15 player of all time is his ability to transform himself to an NBA body and have that kind of conditioning, that level of strength. And it'll be interesting to see. I, I trust him to do it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James Harden shot about 35% on pull-up threes uh, last year. Luca shot about 31%. Um, okay. so, so, like, Luca, Luca can add that. And I, he has the stroke for it. He finishes – it's yes. a beautiful shot. He finishes above the head. There's no sideways rotation on it. It finishes off, the, off his middle finger. Right. Yep. Um, so, he has the ability to do that. He could add that. You're exactly right in that he could add that extra like be a little bit better like james harden as far as knocking down those pull-up threes um off the dribble specifically and step backs um let's talk about porzingis so this guy people forget how flipping good he was i know i forgot how good he was until i really started watching film on him he has a guard jump shot it's like a seven foot two guard out there on the perimeter seven three two guard yeah, exactly, because he'll pull up in people's face and they'll be closed out on him and his 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 jump shot is quick. It looks like a shooting guard jump shot. When KD calls you a unicorn, you know you're special because KD is the most unstoppable offensive player I've ever seen. Yeah. He watched him suck the soul out of LeBron in the finals. It's insane what that guy can do. And yeah. Porzingis literally can do the same stuff KD can. Slightly less ball handling, but as far Fourth as catching, pull up and – like fadeaways from like the 15 foot when he has your back on you. He's, but he releases it six inches higher. It's insane. Yeah. Here's can, what – go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, Andy can rim protect. I used, I was initially knocking his defense, which I think his feet need to get better on the perimeter and the switch situation, but his rim protection is fantastic. I had to correct myself and go back and watch that film. Yeah. So he he's never going to be a switcher. He's never going to – and that's that's the problem with Luka, too, is he can't switch multiple positions either. As a matter of fact, he has trouble guarding one position. But yeah. uh, um, he's never going to be that guy that switches multiple different positions. Luka's going to be a, a traditional rim protector. To be – Luka uh, – or excuse me, not Luka, but Porzingis. Porzingis averaged 2.4 blocks per game last year in the, or whenever he was healthy. You know who else did that? DeAndre Jordan. Anthony Davis. Hmm, okay. He averaged the same amount of blocks as Anthony Davis. Um, and everybody, yeah, everybody would say that Anthony Davis is obviously an elite defender and he's an elite rim protector. Porzingis is an elite rim protector. Um, here's what Porzingis needs to do to get better. He has never averaged more than 7.3 rebounds an entire season. And that was in his rookie year. He has steadily gotten worse at rebounding. Uh, he just looks soft to me when he's rebounding. He looks like he has soft hands. He looks like he doesn't want to body people and put put his butt on a big. Um, he, he just looks soft when he's rebounding. And True. you have Luka that's going to make up for that a little bit. But great teams rebound by committee, but not because they have to. These guys are going to have to rebound by committee if they want to rebound. Um, great teams don't have to do that. Yeah, but I think you run Luca, or excuse me, I keep getting these freaking European guys switched up. Uh, Porzingis <laughs> at the four, though, right? And you run Dwight Powell at the five. I think that's yeah. what the map plan is. So, I mean, Dwight I agree. Powell's... He's going to have to be rebound by committee. But Dwight Powell, he's not a great player, but he is a good rebounder and he hustles. 
Uh, I agree, though. These guys are going to have to crash the boards because they could be smart, starting some small guards as well. And Seth Curry, 6'1", 6'2". You know, I mean, it's just – it's some, a team with some holes but a team with some terrific upside. And I think, KP, you'll see him – get more boards probably in the second half of the season when that knee gets closer to a hundred percent, uh, everything's healthy. But I think, you know, based on what the picture we saw, shit, you saw him flexing on Instagram, dude, like that guy's getting jacked right now. He's going to come back in better shape and be stronger than he was. There's just no doubt. He looks like Alvin Drago right now. He looks like he's about (laughs) to fight Rocky in the ring for, um, but yeah, the, the big issue with the Mavericks is they're either going to get beat on the offensive boards or they're going to get beat in transition because um, you're going to have to send three people at, at uh, the boards and then you can't get back, you know, um, yep. plus you're, plus you're waiting on Dwight Powell, Christoph Porzingis and Luka Doncic to get back. None of those guys are burners. They're going to get, they're going to have to find a way to slow down and really dominate uh, rebounds in order to not get beat back that so much. Agreed. So you got, a, you got them under 41 wins though. You have them, you know, 38 to 40, somewhere in there. I honestly, I, I'm going to keep them at 41. I think they're, they're just going to miss the playoffs. I think next year okay. is going to be they break into the top. Nine seed, 500 team. You wouldn't touch that number. I wouldn't touch that yeah. number as far as over unders. I don't think that's a safe bet. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so next, what do we have? What's our next team? The next team oh, is Spurs. Spurs, which Vegas has as the eighth seed at 43 and a half wins. Doesn't it feel like the Mavs are more likely to make the playoffs than the Spurs? Or am I wrong? Just because I mean. It feels like they have a better roster. (laughs) They do, man. And you could say Pop, which is fair, but Carlisle's a top three coach too. Yeah. Um, Here's the difference is the Spurs stars are older and more advanced, and you don't run the risk of super risk of injury like you possibly could with Porzingis. Um, And I think that Vegas probably has a little bit of that in there. Like they're probably hedging their bet with what if Porzingis isn't 100% healthy. He's coming back from a knee. Dude, 7'3". Like, Seven three knees aren't exactly made in America, right? So uh, I think Vegas is probably heading their bets a little bit because I do think the Mavericks are more – I think it's no doubt that they're a more talented team. But I would say that the Spurs are probably going to stay healthier and they have more veterans on their team. Yeah. I like the one-two punch of Luka and KP in a perfect world much more than DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. But yeah. those are more reliable players. They're savvy vets, but they're still not too old where it's going to – you know, they're just shadows of themselves. Got Bellinelli there still, Damari Carroll. You know, Rudy Gay is still a good player when healthy. Patty Mills hits big shots. So, we'll, we'll see. Derek White is absolutely getting way too much attention. But, but, yeah, 43 and a half is where Vegas has them. I feel like we're not going to spend as much time on the Spurs because it's just like, oh, yeah, the Spurs. Like, they're bland, but they'll probably slide in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, 43 and a half. I'm going to go under on that one. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put them at 500. I'll go 41 and 41 on them. Okay, I'm still gonna have them getting into the playoffs, but I'm gonna take them at 40 42 to okay. get into the playoffs. So you are you are over Memphis, and I'm under. You are under Pelicans. Yeah. And I'm under. You are under Mavs. Oh no, you're even I'm Mavs. The, yeah, I'm at the money on Mavs. And then you are under Spurs as well. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Anything else you want to say about, about the Spurs? I mean, <laughs> we know what we're um, going to get, right? It's going to, it's pretty much this. We're pretty much running it back. Yeah. You moved a few pieces around. Um, Dejounte Murray is a guy that was out last year that I think he has some really good upside as a, as a high level defender in the league. 
It has been amazing to me to watch what Popovich has done uh, to his offense as the three-point revolution has happened because he's done nothing to his offense as the three-point revolution <laughs> right. has happened. Like, uh, yeah, they are still consistently the best mid-range game, and they still consistently take those mid-range shots, and they score at a pace that's rival- rivaled with other three-point shooting teams. So um, we're going to see the exact same thing. I think a big reason why he – was so in love with DeMar coming in was because DeMar is the mid-range king. He's not, yeah, he's not efficient compared to these other guys, but if you can open up the mid-range game, um, it still will, if you have five people that can score at level number two, it'll still open up the paint for you just as much as three people that can score at level level one, you know, or level three, excuse me. And I feel like DeMar is kind of one of those guys that just goes about his business and wants to hoop, and that's a pop kind of guy. Same with DeMar. They're not guys that are like more diva style like Anthony Davis. Yeah. Kawhi used to be like that. Uh, um, well, when it's when it's Kawhi, you might want to live with it, but yeah. DeMar DeRozan ain't quite Kawhi. Yeah, no, I was talking about Kawhi used to be that guy that just wanted to hoop. Which oh, is, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess uh, now I guess you're saying, yeah, I mean, when he was in the, under the Spurs influence and the pop influence, but clearly that went awry at the, uh, yeah. the final year, and now he's – come full circle or not full circle three four circle now he's in la that that might change his personality a little bit but yeah i can see see him going back to the spurs maybe to try to win a championship at the end of his career like i think Kawhi wants rings i think he wants legacy yeah i agree with that but yep spurs will both go under it's close it's a good it's a good number i mean vegas there's a reason these guys do this they're pretty good at picking these numbers but i'm gonna go a little under there uh, let's transition to the team I'm most excited for. I'm surprised it was between the Pelicans and the Mavericks for you uh, and the Houston Rockets. You know, this is a team of a player that's obviously one of my favorite in Russell Westbrook that, you know, won 50 plus games last year and have been really close. And I think they're going to have the chance to do it this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly surprised that Vegas has them at 52. I'm over, I'm over that. Yeah, what what are, what is your number? I like fifty five and twenty seven. I think this team has definitely the ability to go the first or second seed. There, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to be a top three regular season team. The playoffs is going to be my challenge. But I like the Clippers and the Lakers. They're going to be figuring themselves out and and load managing. I think it's almost certain that Houston, Philly, and Milwaukee have the best regular season records next year. I throw Denver in that mix too. Yeah. So last year, the Rockets won 53 games. Um, It's really hard to say that the Rockets got worse. And I don't think that's what Vegas is saying with their 52 win uh, prediction. I think that what they're saying is the Rockets didn't get as good as the league around them got. Um, I think that Vegas is saying conference around them specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So the Western conference, because they have to play each one of those teams, like we talked about previously, four different games. So instead of playing a four, uh, almost a, a for sure 75% win Laker team, you're not playing against the Laker team that you could, you could easily lose four games to them or you could easily lose three games to them. Absolutely. And we're doing a, I feel like a good job of analyzing this, but just from like a fan standpoint, man, those Lakers and Rockets games and Clippers and Rockets games are going to be so freaking fun. Seeing Russ and Harden go against like LeBron AD pick roll. It's going to be awesome, man. I I mean, this is maybe the most anticipated season for the NBA in history or definitely since Miami's first year with LeBron D Wade and Bosch. 
you know what we need to do is we need to change the names of the conferences to the West needs to be the vets and the East needs to be the young bloods. It's, it's like young bloods though. It's almost varsity JV level though. But like, here's the deal: like all of this up and coming superstars are in the East, and then all of the perennial all stars that we've been superstars that we've been seeing all Sorry. all year are but in the, the West. West. But the West still has Ja. They still have Zion. I mean, they have Bagley. They have Luca. Those are ro- good players. Those are those are rookies. I was talking about like Ben Simmons, uh, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Jalen Hurts, Kemba Walker. These guys that haven't been dominating the league for many years, but are already in the superstar level. Giannis, you know. Okay. I guess that's what I, that's what I meant. Less of those guys in the West. I'd have to think about that. No one really comes to mind immediately. It's like De'Aaron Fox, and then yeah, the De'Aaron list. Fox is is going to be big. He hasn't started you know about him, man. He's he's going to be an All Star this year. He doesn't. He doesn't really care about stats, but I don't know, man. I just love that guy. But get back to the Rockets, though. Are you over the fifty-two? Yeah, really quick. Jaw actually reminds me of De'Aaron Fox. Um, I, gosh, darn it. Um, I'm gonna give a lot more. Hold up. I think I'm. If I remember correctly, what did Vegas have the Lakers at? Fifty-one. Fifty-one. I'm probably gonna give some of the Rockets wins to the Lakers. Um, I have the Rockets at 51 and a half. 51 yeah. and a half. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take a lot of wins that I'm taking from other teams and give them to the Lakers because I think the Lakers, people are, they quietly put together a really good roster. Um, but uh, I'm going to take the Rockets at 53. Um, and let's see where that, let's see where Vegas has them at seeding wise. So seeding wise in the West, they have Clippers at number one. They have the Jazz at number two. They have the Nuggets at number three. The Rockets tied for number three, so that'll be a tiebreaker. Three, four. Lakers at uh, five. Um, Blazers at six. Raptors at seven. And the Spurs at eight. Uh, or not the Raptors, excuse me, Warriors at seven. And the Spurs at eight. Uh, so, real question. Nuggets, Rockets, Lakers, and Jazz are all within a half a game. Half a game. Are the Rockets in that at that they're level the of any of those guys? They're the best think, of that four. You think the Rockets are the best of all of them? Yes. I mean, I obviously, was the Lakers have the most talent on the roster. When the Lakers have AD and LeBron to bring to the table, you got two top six guys. I completely understand that. But their roster is not as good as Houston's, in my opinion. And we've seen this Houston Rock, Rockets uh, – We've seen this work for them the last few seasons. I'm talking regular season here. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's definitely something that I need. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely something I struggle with as well. Um, Poor Clint Capella. I'm, I'm excited to see him average three rebounds this year again, because uh, Russ and Harden are going to be taking all of his rebounds. (laughs) Um, He'll be like, who is this little six foot three flipping fireball that's taking all these boards from me? Or Russ will be telling him to get out of the way like Steven Adams body me in the air yeah he's on the same team um what do you think in regards to so you have them at 53 right yeah and the two seed no, 53 no, no. The- I go, i'm going one i said that before i like them the one seed denver two clippers three okay um what do you think that that how much of an upgrade was russell westbrook over chris paul talk to me about that man so if you want to quantify it i'd say four to five games like on a wind share type of type of way okay. to look at it. They yeah, won that's good. Last year. Yeah, they I won 53 last year. Okay, call it three. I think that's a way to look at it. 
he just adds so much more at this point. Yes, Chris Paul is probably a better shooter. Well, he is a better jump shooter, but he can't get to the rim as good. Russ is just as good of a passer. That's what people don't understand. And he has more athleticism. So if he puts in the effort on defense, he can be a better defensive player. He's probably not as pesky as Chris Paul. But, dude, him in the open court in transition in D'Antoni's offense, is it's more built for that, I believe, and especially with the way the game is played now than Chris Paul style at 35-year-old Chris Paul. You know, I just don't. I just don't think that Chris Paul's athletic enough to play against half the guards that are in the West. Yeah. And what are you going to do when you have Russell Westbrook running full speed at you and then you have James Harden slowly inching his way towards the corner on the break? You got to make a decision. What the heck do you do? Yeah. What teams are going to try to do is they're going to, at first, because of the seasons that were had last year, they're going to focus more on Harden. And I think Russ is going to get to the hoop easy. And then the big's going to shadow over. He's going to help, and Russ is going to drive and kick to Harden. And Harden is a great passer, too. So I've made this point before. If Harden's getting a catch and shoot in the pocket, he's a 40, 40 to 45% three-point shooter. This guy's shooting 36 while taking 30-foot fadeaways. Yeah. And he's good enough, too, to where, okay, Russ drives and kicks, Harden gets in the pocket, but the, the defense is collapsing too quickly. Pump fake, drive around, pump fake, kick to the corner. I mean, there's just so many options. And you have good corners, three shooters, and just three-point shooters in this team with P.J. Tucker, with Eric Gordon and Austin Rivers and Gerald Green. I like how they constructed the roster. I think Daryl Moore did a really good job of putting that deal together. They didn't give up too much for him, as I think uh, the Clippers did to get Paul George. Dude, I'm, I'm so stoked for this team. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to be good too, and I do have them in the top four seeds or seeding. Um, one of either Russell Westbrook or James Harden is going to have to learn how to move without the ball because neither of them can. Yeah, and they're both going to Actually, yeah, I would make both of them. I would say that neither of you guys are running the point. Austin Rivers is running the point. You two are <laughs> going to have to learn to work without the ball until you can figure it out. I wouldn't actually do that. But yeah, like, that if, argument. If, you can, yeah, if you can make Russell Westbrook an elite slasher or James Harden a good slasher, dude, like you – you're going to win 60 games, you know, if those two guys can work together and be effective and efficient with the other person on the court. Absolutely. I agree, man. I think a big part of this is going to be Clint Capella bouncing back from his horrendous playoff run and uh, getting back to the level that he played at previous playoff run and last season. Cause last year during the regular season, he was pretty solid and they brought in Tyson Chandler as well, which is a nice, another big body to have out there and maybe can give some Capella some, you know, tips as a, as a good rim runner protector type of player that he was in the Mavs uh, 2011 team. Yeah. But, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up for the, uh, the Southwest. I know you are uh, ultimately pretty excited about the Pelicans, pretty excited about the Mavs. I agree with both those, just more excited about Houston than any team. But uh, looking at it, I think this is going to be one of, if not the most compelling division this year. Uh, we're going to be breaking down each division over the next few episodes, so we'll be able to really do a deep dive. But, I, you know, we've done some homework, and this is definitely one of the best ones. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm excited for this year overall. That, Like, I say this every year, but there has never been this much talent in the league before. Agreed. Every year the league gets better. All right, man. Well, I think that will uh, do it for us this week. We'll wrap it up. We'll be back uh, within the next probably four or five days. We'll be breaking down uh, the next division, and we'll do all six divisions for you guys so you're prepared for the season and have a little bit of insight on each team. Great. 
was good talking to you, man. All right. Later, dude. See ya. He's like leaning against me and looking backwards.